Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Channel 10 employees in limbo as they await the fate of their parent company, Paramount Global. If the networks aren't getting behind the new Voz rating system, well, why should we? And can the Logies learn some lessons from the Grammys? Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to the Good Ship TV Black Box, the podcast. Joining me on this voyage is none other than the viewer's advocate, Steve Mock. G'day, Mocky. Oh, hello, Rob. and Sorry, Roberto. And uh, Robbo, <laughs> it's great to be here. I'd like to start by acknowledging the land of the Dark and Junk people on whose bits on land that I am uh, recording from today. Thank you, Mark. Also joining us is David Robbo, 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 Robbo Robinson, a uh, presenter <laughs> extraordinaire. You know Hello, what? Robbo. When you're off TV for a while, you get new nicknames, and but they, you know, TV's not original, so they just give you the same nickname. So it's David Robbo, 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 Robbo Robinson. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my computer programming was on a loop, and I just got caught up. Well, the computer Sorry says there. no. Yeah. Um, but we begin with some sad news. Our dear friend Abby. She's left the podcast in a in a twist that would be well, it would be right at home on the bold and the beautiful. All of a sudden, she's out. Now we haven't brought in a new actress to recast and replace her, um, but maybe that's coming down the line. Maybe I'll be Abby uh, this week. Uh, I'm sure she'd love that when she listens I to just, the podcast. I cannot even begin. Uh, I cannot begin to Rob, suggest what that's going to be. How can you say that? Why can't you be more on the left, <laughs> Rob? You haven't done your uh, acknowledgement. Uh, thank you very much. Um, now, we, we will miss Abby. We love her very, very much. And, uh, you know, life gets in the way and that's what happens, unfortunately. So, but funnily enough, Malk and I, we've been here from the beginning. We're still here. And Robert is still sailing with us. And I am. And I think, it, look, it's really sad. Uh, Abby is, God, she's good, you know, and she writes everything behind the scenes. I think that she is a wonderful person and she brings something that is really required a great in conversations a- absolutely in, in all mm. conversations in all discussions and i think it, it's really sad that she can't do it with us hopefully though return returning guest star you know how they yes. do that in, oh, in other tv shows definitely. so i'm, I'm hoping I, I think for that any week you're away she'll come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow Indeed she might. <laughs> Indeed she just might. Just jokes. Just jokes. All right, let's get into it because just seriously, just what is going on at Paramount Plus. 
10 streaming service did a very curious thing last week when it suddenly removed a ton of Australian local content from its mm. streaming service. In a TV black box exclusive, Kyle Laidlaw, he revealed shows including Australian original drama One Night, that was starring Jodie Whittaker, and The Secret She Keeps, had all been taken off. That was just a few of them. Interestingly, Five Bedrooms had been taken down but was reinstalled soon after our article went live. Now, Monk, my assumption is that they would be planning to sell content to other streamers. That has been the big push by Wall Street when it comes to Paramount+. Plus. Yep. We have, we have a lot of streamers. Netflix and Disney Plus are dominating. There are now big questions about whether streamers like Paramount+, Plus, which has had great growth, no one's denying that, but is it sustainable to have a streaming service or could it be more profitable basically selling off its content? It's a really interesting situation because, as we've talked about before, there's 11,000 different streaming services. Yeah. And they are all content hungry and they they physically cannot make enough, certainly can't afford to pay enough to make enough content to keep their service fresh, like on the week, like on the regular. Um, so if you're a content maker slash owner, a studio and you don't own or have a, a, a streaming service, you're in like position number one right now because you can effectively sell off your goods to the highest bidder as opposed yeah. to having to continue to churn out or buy or lease, you know, content to put on your service. It's a really – I was really surprised by this actually given that 10 Paramount for a number of their original shows that they've made in Australia will have accessed – funding from Australian funding bodies to, to make sure that they're there. And I, look, I'm sure they've followed the letter of the law and that they've made sure they've met their legal requirements around making them available as per the agreements with those funding bodies. I wouldn't think making them available continuously would be part of that funding. No, agreement. no, I, I agree. But some of them seem to be on there for a reasonably short amount of time. So is it, I, I thought though, I didn't think of your arguments here that we've talked about. I thought it was a residual kind of thing. Uh, where you, you, mm. you put the you put the series up for a, a you know a, a period of time, you pay the residuals. I didn't think though that part of that might be okay. We'll pay the residuals for having it on the platform for six months, and then sure. we're going to sell it, and someone else can pay for it. It's residuals are part of it, though, right? It's very unlikely, Robbo, that every show would have been would have come up at the same day. What was also mm. interesting yeah, was the right. five okay. bedrooms went down but was reinstated. My feeling here, and it doesn't come with any knowledge, it's just me putting the pieces together, is that we know Paramount Global is looking at on-selling content. They've just done it with Yellow mm. Jacket, so that was a Paramount exclusive. You right. can now watch Series 1 on Netflix. Yep. Series 2 is still only on Paramount+. Plus, But if these shows are to have value in the marketplace... And right up until the point of sale, I can watch them on Paramount Plus. Well, maybe that diminishes their value. Again, just guessing. No, no, right? I, I agree with you. So, where's the loyalty to a streaming platform, which I know we don't have because there's so many there out there? There isn't loyalty. People go yeah. where the content is. Which, which I understand that. So, if, if, if Paramount spends all this money on marketing going, you know, the uh, TV Black Box podcast is on Paramount, Paramount, you know, $100, you know, $100 million there, right? So, so who, who owns it, though? That's what I'm saying, though. How? Oh, the production why, company why still you, own it. No, I understand that. But in marketing value, though, 
Mm. When you when you watch television, you see um, Paramount, you see Netflix, you see Stan, and then if they're going to produce the show for you know produce a season and then sell it off, what's what's the value of the original maker? Yeah, actually, that raises a really good point to my mind, Robbo and Roberto. Um, the 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 challenge here is if I'm a production company that doesn't own um, a streaming service, and I've come up with the next Yellow Jackets, the bit, the next big drama that everyone will want to see. Um, like Sony would be a great example. I've got to shop it to a streamer who I want them to buy it, and they see the potential in it. And they give me a premium value for that, and I make my money, and they make their money through subscriptions. Commercial, you know, capitalism works, everyone's happy. If I'm a Paramount Plus, and I make my thing, and I advertise the bejesus out of it, and it's exclusive on Paramount Plus, I can prove to uh. next sale place, once this first window, this exclusive window is done, I can prove to them, look at this audience. They were keen on it. It would be a, like your audience is interested in that or you've got that kind of thing over here. Hey, Netflix, you'll want to buy this, lease this from us. How about you take on the agreement and get for it? I don't see any issue with that. Yeah. My concern is is along the lines of what you raised, Rob. Them all timing out at once just looked weird and looked wrong. Like there's no way they all would have expired, that exclusivity thing at the same Inside time. Inside of trading. Uh, I think That's it's not insider trading. More it's to the just point, a decision. It was a decision that someone made because they wanted to try and sell them to <coughs> Netflix or your next thing. Um, and that's fine. That is within the realms of what they can do. And look, it may have been that they all had passed their we have to show this on Paramount exclusive window, obviously by staggered amounts. And they yeah. just went on this day. Here it is. They can all come off because we're now going to shop them over there because no one is going to pay you premium money if they know that people can subscribe to your service and watch it as well as subscribe to theirs. They will want Netflix only buy exclusive stuff. So a show reel will show that you've had the show on Paramount Plus, on Stan, on Netflix. It doesn't matter. That's great for your content providers or content buyers. But you're right, though. I will go, and I, I, no jokes here, I will go where 30 Rock is. Mm. So I have no loyalty to where that show is shown. Sure. Even though I know it was made by NBC. The difficulty um, for I you, though, Robbo, yeah. is when they shift it. How do you know when they shift it? Because the old place that exactly. had it aren't going to tell you it's at the new place. Exactly. And the new place is either going to have to spend a heap of money and say, hey, 30 Rock's over here, or just yes. expect you to trip over it. And that's where the Very integrated true. search yeah. features of things like your fetch box, your upcoming Hubble, those kinds of things, yeah. just watch as an independent database, allow you to go, where can I watch this? And mm -hmm. it tells you, you can pay for it, you can subscribe to a streamer and watch it here, or you have to, you know, it's just not available. Well, look, there's no doubt the removal of those titles is tied to the possible sale of Paramount Global, 10's parent company. Most of the players look to be wanting the vast content of Paramount. So that's all the movies, the TV shows. They want to sell that off as we've just been talking mm. about distribution deals. But one, one of those potential buyers be, seems to be looking at all the assets, including Channel 10. We've spoken here a lot about the idea that buyers might come in, take the content from Paramount Global, and then sell off linear assets like Channel 10 in Australia and Channel 5 in the UK. Now, the person I'm talking about is media entrepreneur Byron Allen. He was a comedian who's become this big shot investor. He owns the Weather Channel and a vast string of other 
linear broadcasts, basically. Second and third tier, to be fair. Yeah, sure, but still, mm. he ha- he has said he's begun talks with Paramount Global on his $14.3 billion proposal to acquire the film and TV giant. Now, as reported by Bloomberg, Alan said in an interview, and I quote, Paramount has responded to our offer and we're officially engaged. Well, it's an interesting one. This would probably be the best scenario for the employees of 10, right? I don't know that it would be, but keep talking. Well, if he's keeping linear assets, mm. right, then I think it would be. Otherwise, one of the others come in and the the likely scenario is Channel 10 is sold off to a um, private equity. investment firm. Private yeah. equity, thank you. That, yeah. that was the words I was looking for. I the still problem think... With, Sorry, Rob. The problem with this guy, and I've been reading... Uh, I've been following this for about a year. Um, it's all seen that the whole Paramount Global sales has been bubbling away and, and merging and what happens with Paramount Plus. But I was, uh, I, I've been reading a few things this week where there is a big question mark over where this guy's getting the money because not only is he buying or potentially wanting to buy Paramount Global, he's taking on their debt. And the figure I've heard is by the end of it, he'd need about $25 billion all up to make this deal happen. This is why the question is, where is the additional money coming from? Now, it's all investment and loans and stuff like that. Sure. But the the theory seems to be that he has, he needs a big investor to come and help him and he's being very sketchy around that. Um, Look, it'll be interesting to see. The, The biggest problem the employees of Channel 10 have, and just like when we approached them about the job cuts announced by Bob Backish, the CEO of Paramount Global, um, he said there's going to be redundancies, we're pulling back on our workforce, and when we approached Channel 10, they said, we refer you to the comments made by Bob Backish. And there's been, uh, I think I was reading a report, it was either in the AFR or the SMH, where they said there's been no communication with staff about what's going on. And so once again... The, the staff of Channel 10 who have already been cut to the bone, this is why I do feel like if a private equity firm came in, we've been down that path. Blue Horizon, I was there for that. There's nothing left to cut. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I've been there for quite a few of these cuts. I was there for, at Network 10 for 13 years, and we, we had the Murdochs come through. Um, we then went into receivership, I think, in the mid, uh, mid-teens of the 2000s. Um, it's really, really rough. We, we all remember when Peter Meekin said um, he's an admiral without a fleet um, because he was mm. also left out of what happened with the cuts. Um, you know, the sad thing with Channel 10, and, and uh, you know, I, I bleed. I, we used to say blue and gold, but they don't have that logo anymore. But I, we used to say we bleed blue and gold because... Tends a wonderful place, but it just doesn't get the love that it needs in the upper levels, and I, I think that's the, that's the problem. When you However, say it's a wonderful place, because everybody says this, right? Well, they and do, I, though, in, right, Rob? They do, they do, don't yeah, they? I enjoyed yeah. my time at ten, yeah, but I a- always until... found, yeah, um, yeah, but I found working with the current management very frustrating, um, which ultimately led to my demise, uh, and and. You know, how much loyalty has there been? I've seen, I have seen skerricks of loyalty, I will be honest, but, you know, but that's usually for on-air talent. I haven't seen, mm, you know, like, a, 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 think about the executive levels at Channel 10. Think it Seriously, think about the brain drain that has happened at Channel 10. Maria Michaels, Stephen Tate. Uh, Moddy. There's, 
there's been a few others um, that have gone that were there that are no longer there, whether and most of it not by choice. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- th- there's one word that I think Motti is one of them. So I, I, I was there for Motti's reign. Yeah. Um, and and he was part of a very important reign. Well, he essentially 10. set up what Channel Ten is now. Correct. The, the, the programs that still work now, whether Correct. it be Master Chef. Correct. Um, yep. I wouldn't put the project in that in that kettle of fish, but still. I was wondering um, when you were going to trip over that. Yeah, no, no, but, no but, but you but, know, but, but, but correct, shows though. like MasterChef, which Channel Tel- Ten still brandishes as as you know their marketing shows. He was the guy behind that. Motti, Motti was behind it, and and uh, you know David Watt was a really good programmer. Not unironically, so he's been, also now behind some of their biggest hits in running ITV Studios Australia. Of, of, exactly right. Exactly right. So there's no. Well, that comes back to being a content owner, and which is the biggest problem Australian TV networks face. Because even in the states, CBS, NBC, they all make shows that they you know sometimes you'll see an npc production on another channel because they you know they, they had their production they make house. it and it's on sold somewhere else i think but didn't didn't seven try that though didn't they did. seven with seven, seven studios, studios. the problem yeah. was channel seven was in a lot of debt james uh yeah. Warburton came in and he did what had to be done i think in a perfect world they would have liked you to have kept going. seven studios because all they're doing is oh. handing over this cash to yeah. all the production companies like Endemol Shine, and they're who all are just doing raking it. it in, and they own, they own all the formats. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is the the predicament for Ten, and I say this obviously not as an investment banker or anyone who who probably understands Ten position because they're keeping that pretty close to their chest. I think Ten Australia is, from an ownership point of view, cooked no matter where this thing goes. They are they are going to become. Flotsam and Jetsam. They will get even if they go as a part of a bigger deal, they will get sold off by the new owner. Mate, Big Channel Ten is fading to black, and we're literally all there. About I don't to watch think it's a it's a fair way up. from dead for for the moment. Uh, but I, the I next the owner makes ever, critical decisions about its I life. I love man. Ten. I, I would like the day that Ten dies, I will be forever sad. I. I well, the next owner will make critical decisions about Ten's lifespan. That's for sure, sure. Um, because they will either decide to, at great cost, invest and rebuild the company, and it will take some time. That is a marathon, not a sprint. Or they will further slice wherever they can get money out of it to try and keep it running. Because at this point, Ten is attractive to advertisers because it is a third option that is ostensibly cheaper than seven to nine. So they can. Advertisers will turn up for ten. They will, you know, get their ads placed and put it on there because they can get their product out to a, you know, not as big but a reasonable national audience and get people engaged with their product. And if you're a big name, top tier advertiser, you're on everybody. So ten gets some spoils from that. The challenge is they're not getting the cream like seven and nine are getting. No, in fact, they've had their lowest commercial share ever. I think you'll find. Last year they had their lowest rating since Oztem history, and and along with that went their lowest commercial share. Both nine and seven were buoyed in terms of percentage. Um, whether that equated to bigger revenues is another question. Because this the is where we're is caught in, in that chicken and place. eggs. This is where but we're it, that chicken and egg scenario, though, Roberto, and that's because sorry, I keep calling you Roberto because look at your name and if it, sorry. I know I put I was being smart and put Roberto on my screen. Dear I love listeners, Roberto. And, Hey, Roberto. Uh, Roberto. Um, we are this. Uh, the, 
the 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 challenge for poor old ten, as much as seven and nine, but certainly for ten, is that with shrinking shares comes smaller value to the ad market, and that just becomes its own rolling stone that gathers on. How do you draw an audience back? How do you rebuild it when you're cutting costs? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You said Rolling Stone. I think you said Redstone. Shari Redstone, out you go, darling. Uh, let me tell you right now. I didn't say that. I know you didn't. <laughs> but that's, you said Rolling Stone. I went with Redstone. It's, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Um, the problem is, the problem is level five of Channel 10. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. And yet we're still like. 10's a great network. It's really fun. It's got so many great people within it. The problem is, is level five doesn't bloody change. And that's the bloody problem. The, the level five needs to be cleaned out with a big bloody broomstick and see what happens with it. Okay, we just talked about Oz10, but let's turn our attention to the new Voz rating system because media agencies in Australia have expressed a welcoming attitude towards the introduction of virtual Oz tools for an enhanced cross-media reach analysis. But they've indicated they will continue to utilise traditional audience metrics for trading and reporting purposes until Voz achieves the industry's gold standard certification. Now, you guys know that I have been on the reach bandwagon, right? I came on here and said, you know what? I'm willing to adopt it. Yeah, we know you are very pro-reach around. Yes, because I, <laughs> I, I'm i just, I'm, I'm, I'm forging on. I'm Good. forging on despite Great. that comment. Well done. <laughs> um, the problem is the networks aren't doing it. And so I'm about to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Here's the problem. Agree. I see press releases that will talk about reach for one show, mm-hmm. then then chop to five city metro for another one, then talk about national average, and it's I really am at the point where it's got to be one metric that we all decide on. They have put this new Voz system out there, and I assumed they were all going to play by the same rules. I was surprised when the average was in there because I thought like. Radio was all about reach. Right? I, I thought that's what we're going to be doing. I'll yep. get behind it because radio do it. We're trying to make TV, you know, Agreed. really understand the picture of TV audiences. They've included the average. Well, what are we going to go to straight away? We're going to go to the average, right? Please. So when we talk ratings, I think we have to sit there and say we are only going to talk national average. Mm-hmm. I agree with this. Yeah, well, because you can't just say, uh, and look, I'm not picking on nine because everyone's doing it right, but I'll just give you an example. Tipping Point was the number one show in the five-cap city metro. True. But if you look at the national average, the chase was. Correct. This is the problem. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like... This is exactly what I've been saying for six months and absolutely what we said in our In fairness, you've been saying this for years about the PR Jedis and how they use demos and all, and I always defended that, Mulk, and, sure. and against you. But here's the problem. I, I'm now at the point where I'm done. It has to be five-cap city metro, which everyone seems to agree isn't the metric you want to put out there. So you can't flip-flop. Well, this is the problem. Publicly... Voz are giving us the national average audience and the reach and BVOD average audience, national. 
And and I, I I understand that moving from metric A to metric B takes time and adjustment. The challenge is that when you're someone who needs to write a press release, and I've got to say all of our shows won or did really amazing things, and I've got three different metrics available to me, only two of which are public, and yet this one tells me that this show won, you're damn straight I'm going to reference it because it's still considered yeah. within the industry to be important. The other challenge is, and I think David Knox brought this up um, the other week in, in part of his rating stuff, because reach is only measured by a view for a minute in broadcast and 15 seconds in BVOD, it's no wonder that the shows immediately following Merit at First Sight, Oz Idol, yeah. and to a lesser yeah. degree Survivor have massive fucking reach because the audience leaves the thing on for a minute and then goes, oh, no, I'm going to bed. Ta-da! All of a sudden, your massive maths yeah. reach pulls across into your big miracles, into your, you know, the 100 tonight with, with Andy Lee, into your, um, even the Grammys got a half decent reach at the start of it because of the bubble coming out of the back of Oz Idol. And yet, when you have a look at the national average audience, which we've talked about before, is actually reflective of people hanging in for the length of the broadcast. Last night, Monday night, um, podcast recording time, the reach for Married at First Sight, Idol and Survivor were 2.519, 1.562 and 1.055. Magical numbers. They all sound great. Everything above a million. In fact, um, Married, two and a half million. Brilliant. Their actual averages for the length of those programs... Nine, 1.496, still fucking great. Idle, 733, way better than what we were talking about before as far as best, but that's less yep. than half what maths did. Right. And then Survivor, well off the maths pace, 590. So 590,000 people watched all of Australian Survivor. Now that is their yeah, national New York average Times said that was the best Survivor of the world. That's what I saw on the That was last that year, played. an episode of last year's, Robbo, but it's, it's okay. They this season is doing promo. great as well. That ad nauseum too. That's a big. That's a big deal. That's worthy of a promo. Oh, for um, sure. And no. and but this year's oh. season is doing great guns as well, as far as I'm concerned. Like the quality oh, of it is go. high. I just I raise it to point out that the reach numbers are fanciful to farcical, when the reality is that across the 95 minutes that maths ran for, one and a half million people tuned in. Now that's good money. 730 people tuned in for about the same time on Oz Idol. That's not as good. By a long shot. Because mm. ratings still have to be comparative. If we said that this show got 10, this show got 5, and this show got 6, and they played at the same time, well, that's a real issue for the can, other can, two shows. Can I be a poodle? Um, if, if we all go to market, right, and so 7 brings a cut of oranges, 9 brings a cut of apples, and 10 brings a cut of pineapples... Are we being asked to compare all of those? And again, I'm not being funny with that. I'm just trying to understand what's happening here. So in the old days, you used to be able to go, uh, well, you know, seven years won the night, home and away won the night, whatever. Is this what we're doing? Are, are we seeing apples, oranges and pineapples? Is that the problem? Explain it to me for me. The PR Jedis, Robbo, are using apples, oranges, watermelons, grapes, whatever bit of fruit they can get their Correct. hand on. So how do we understand who is the best one? Well, we get to... We get to help shape the narrative in that. As far right, as right, as far right, as the right. ad buyers, the market, like the, the the people that are caring about what the numbers are, they've basically said we're not going to care about Voz for twelve months. We still want to see right. Five City Metro okay. and Reg Ten because, in part, 
they want to make the direct comparisons to last year. They need to be able to say, last year we paid 50 bucks for this slot and you rated this and now you're doing slightly less, but you're charging us a whole lot more. We're going to talk about that. So I understand in part that move, but leaning into the promotion, the PR Jedi stuff where they say, oh, here's our thing and it's the best and all of the stuff. Reach gives you an amazing number to put in a headline, but it actually means next to nothing. Right. Although you could argue the same about YouTube. They count one second as a view. Oh, and Facebook and the rest of them. But the catch is that they're not, you know, collated and delivered every day to us by Oztam that then directs a national audience of, you know, uh, buyers to want to put their customers' ads onto that network's thing. Mm. I'll, I'll tell you something. I'm hearing that the BVOD numbers are currently being underreported. Sure. Um, and how though yes. like in that they're, uh, they're getting the wrong just the figures? way the information is gathered and there are some changes coming to bvod reporting just change the um, metric mate that seems to be okay we'll change <laughs> that anytime we want no, no, in, in in all seriousness um i have heard that they were hoping to have the new system in play by the time voz launched it didn't happen yeah but apparently not all the the views of um, people watching BVOD is being um, caught up in the net, so that will change eventually. So BVOD numbers will get bigger. Um, They're bloody great think, for nine at the moment and not so great for seven. So that I was about to ask you, how have the catch-up figures been for Australian Survivor and Australian Idol? Um, look, that's a really good... So, again, looking at Monday nights... Um, Consolidated. Yeah, their, their mm. catch-up figures. Um, for Australian Survivor... It it looks like it's it's picking up anywhere between a hundred, a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand viewers an ep. But maths is just do fucking heaps. Like it's just not even it's just not even a comparison. But survivors' um, bvod numbers are ahead of idols' bvod numbers. Interesting. Okay. All right. Coming up. Big changes coming to Dancing with the Stars. Can the Logies learn some lessons from the Grammys? And we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the TV binge box. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's how to do an award show. Critics and viewers seem to love this year's Grammys, with ratings jumping 34% on the previous year. Over 16 million people tuned in to watch as critics praised the production, including host Trevor Noah. Mulk, I didn't see the Grammys. The bits I've seen on the news and the like and, and Sunrise and Today all looks pretty good. Um, but are there lessons to learn for the Logies? I think there's a lesson to learn for every awards show going around. I was really, really impressed by the Grammys, not just um, the staging stuff that they did. I mean, let's acknowledge straight up, 
when you've got the Grammys, it is all about the music and live music performance. So there's obviously big set changes and stuff that they have to do on stage. So Trevor Noah, I think, was on stage for about three minutes. Not even. Right. He spent most of it comparing from the floor. They had a a special stage set up on the floor in the middle of the very important musician people sitting at dinner tables while the rest of the plebs were up in, like, you know, um, the bleachers. Um, (laughs) Andrew Denton and the like used to walk the floor during the Logies, during the intro speech. Love them. Well, it was actually really funny because when Trevor and I was doing the intro, he walked over to a table and, and pointed to Mark Ronson, who is married to Meryl Streep's daughter. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I said, love and this, this chair, this Meryl Streep will sit here now. Loved Clearly she it. hadn't made in the room before whatever. Loved it. She just ran in. Yeah, what a moment. It was a great moment. And then he goes, moment. it's like two for two. And over there is where Taylor Swift is going to sit and in walks Taylor Swift. Like, yeah. it was perfect on one hand because look at these two get their entrance. And on the other hand, it was like, man, check out the fucking Grammys. Yeah. Um, yeah. His jokes were sharp and not pointed at anyone, but they were really funny and smart. Um, it acknowledged the elephant in the room and that was lots of ladies were winning um, and didn't sort of heap any crap on them. It was like, this. we should celebrate this. It was a really marvellous thing. To the, to the credit for the Grammys, too, they also had some bloody amazing performances. Like, sure. Um, there's a cover, and I can't remember the artist's name, but a, a, a guy did a cover of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman and basically oh, yeah, opened yeah, yeah. the Grammys. Surprise, here's Tracy Chapman. I know. I right? Know, like, I know. She sang and, and played with him and, as he good. performed. She could embrace her one hit. It, mate, oh, and she's, she's made more than one hit, millions bastard. of she's those had, hits sorry. that she's had. Fast Car, what else? Uh, I got a fast car. I'm going to see it until I can look it up. Uh, uh, okay, while well, Robbo's singing and looking things up. No, no, no. I don't no, mean no, no, to be rude. Fun. She's had more success than I'll ever have. But realistically, Mate, around the world, Rob, she's had one hit. You've only got to have one hit. <gasps> no, wait, wait. Talking oh, about a revolution. Live a very good life. Talking, talking about, about a revolution. A revolution. No, yeah, that's a cover. Yeah. And still wasn't a top 10 hit in Australia, I'm sure. Yeah, well, okay. Let's Before we d- devolve into Spotify land. Um, I can't argue with that. There was a live performance by Joni, a live performance by Joni Mitchell, which was outrageously good. Oh, that right? was 80 beautiful. years old and coming back from an aneurysm. And as, Who the hell does Joni Mitchell think she... No, I know, joking. just She's like the best she, folk singer in the be- history of the beautiful. world. That was beautiful. That um, was beautiful. Fantasia Barino, former American Idol winner absolutely smashed her Tina Turner tribute as a part of the In Memoriam. Uh, And in fact, the In Memoriam was spread across a whole bunch of different performances. They didn't collapse it in and just go, I'm going to sing a song and we'll see all these faces. There was a tribute to Tony Bennett and Stevie Wonder sang and did a duet with him. Annie Lennox <gasps> what did a tribute to Sinead O'Connor. Sorry, sorry, Rob, what are your thoughts on Stevie Wonder, mate? Right, I, I'm so glad you asked because I... <laughs> You're on very I'm dangerous so territory glad. already. <laughs> so for years I've been talking about the fact Stevie Wonder isn't blind or if he is, he's Reggie, oh my he's God. Reggie blind, right? He Rob, has, I have a couple of has. clarifying questions before we start. <laughs> did we land on the moon? <laughs> Hang on, yes, of course. No, but no this is the one the he believes in. He believes he, this. Here's the thing. There is so much video evidence of Stevie Wonder. There's a great... Uh, Google Stevie Wonder catches microphone, right? And you will see him in a performance. The mic stand starts falling <laughs> over the at, at the side of him. He reaches out and grab it. Then Google Shaq reveals Stevie Wonder isn't blind. 
So what happens? Shaq is on ESPN <laughs> or something like that, and he talks about the fact oh, that shit. he's in the elevator, he's parked his car, and Steve, he comes up. Stevie Wonder comes in with his entourage, says, hey, Shaq, and presses the button for his floor. So yeah. the fact is... He may have diminished eyesight. I'm not saying he's, you know, he's probably legally blind, but there are probably there are He's other probably legally blind, is he, Rob? He's probably. driven cars. He's done many things like that. But I'll tell you what happened, Robbo, because, yeah, no, word, I, mate, is, no. because word is starting to leak that he's not blind. And there's another, there's another <laughs> example I've got that I can't reveal publicly, but it involves him being able to find something. Robert, um, it's good, Robert. Rob, I've been on the receiving end of these theories. I'm not going to say <laughs> the C word at the beginning of them, uh, but I've been on the receiving end of these theories for years. So you yeah, don't yeah, need yeah. to say to me, hey, Robert, listen to this one. I've yeah. heard them all. Yeah, right. yeah, but yeah. So I let's get back believe... on track. The other really amazing <laughs> Hang performance... on, no, no, let me finish. Up. There's a point Robbo asked because he... Did I? Yeah, because in, at the Grammys, he went to hand a microphone to... Was it Mariah Carey or someone? Yeah. And... And, and facts don't matter. And and uh, in air quotes, didn't see that she had grabbed the other microphone. It was all a plot. He knew exactly because the oh word God. is coming out that he's not blind. So he did that. Oh, I can't see. Where is she? Where is she? Ugh. Stevie Wonder. Not blind? I'd like oh. to make an apology on behalf of those people that hold some common sense in their heads about the tirade that we've just heard. Um the other thing that was amazing about the Grammys was Billy Joel performed the first song he's written in 30 years, performed it live, and then played one of his classics as the closer. Absolutely smoked the room. Um, phenomenal. So excellent direction, yeah. excellent hosting, great writing with the hosting, great performances, really smart in the way that the cameras moved with the host so they weren't always facing the stage which allowed for stage hands to just go berserk and reset the stage. Love it. Um, while all of that stuff, it's just phenomenal. What a great idea. Really well done. Take note, Logies, you could do so much better. And the Emmys had some great ideas too with the way they recreated shows and put their sets in the screens and all oh, that yeah, kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, but the scripts for them were shithouse. But, but, but that's what I was going to say, though. So music is really easy to recreate. The Logies yep. are a bit harder. Rob, like you said, the Emmys did it well with recreating that. There was a skit once when Sean McAuliffe went through uh, Blue Healer's set. He went through multiple sets, Home and Away. I used to love the opening neighbors, skits. It wasn't just Sean the, McAuliffe. They but, always uh, did it. Uh, yes, but I'm thinking of those ones where we recreated the, the, the magic that was in the room. I think, Malk, I love this idea of walking through. You had through a good and, opening uh, sketch at the Logies this year. Yes, yes. But what I'm saying is I, I love Trust. the idea of walking through and going, um, where's Ray Martin? Oh, Ray's just walking through. Ray, where have you been? Spray painting your hair? Oh, I, oh, oh, Ray, sit down. You know, that kind of thing. Or, oh, you know, Sarah yeah. Harris is walking in. Kerry-Ann Kennelly's walking in. But That's having said fun. that, I will, I will agree with Mulk. I think Sam Pang did a great job with his opening. Oh, Sam Pang uh, was amazing. And, and fantastic. But I think from I a production point of view, there are some things the people in charge of the Logies could learn. Hey, we've got to There's keep moving because... There's only so many times the Tony Bartuccio dancers can get rolled out. <gasps> I love oh, the now, Tony Bartuccio there you go. Dances. Hey, we've got to move on because Ben Cousins, the controversial West Coast Eagles icon, well, he is set to take on a brand new arena far removed from the Australian Football League, fields where he once dazzled fans. He'll be hoping to dazzle again when he moves on to Dancing with the Stars. Channel 7 has brought the man known for his exceptional athletic prowess. He's admitted to having no prior experience with dancing, making his participation in the show a leap into the unknown. 
Robbo. We know that Dr. Chris Brown is replacing Daryl. Daryl's out. Chris is in. Sonia Kruger will still be there. This is the first big cast announcement. What do you think? Do you like it? Are you in? Is it exciting? Well, I think it's in. I think it's exciting. And I love Dr. Chris Brown, as I've said on this program many times. Oh, God, I also... I've made that mistake. No, I said I love him. I, and yeah. I think Sonia is amazing. I think this is really good. I think this is fun. We want to see someone that's aspirational. And that's really important. So we've seen a lot of celebrities to go and through this show. That. Because he, he's fallen down, he's got up, he's fallen down, he's got up, he's fallen down, he's got up. We like that's people asp- having a go. That's aspirational, I, I think. And I think this is really good casting. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why possibly they've decided to announce him first. This is a man who has had his, his trip-ups really well documented. Um, and his triumphs documented. And he's taken This is fantastic. This Where? is fantastic. I love this. I think this is a great idea for people to go, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it too. We're seasoned at this, friends. We know that the Ben Cousins is not their biggest gun. You never lead with your biggest name as the first yeah, it's, promo It's, it's the nice, though, isn't it? It's oh, nice. How good is that, though? It's if, going if to Cousins draw in an audience. Biggest one. It's going to draw in an audience that yeah. thinks that Ben is a great guy and we love his journey and all of that sort of stuff. I know that BBC Studios Australia, who make it for seven, um, are stoked because they feel that each of the stars that they've got all have big stories to tell. Um, and that always makes for a really entertaining season of Dancing with the Stars. So I think that will be excellent. If we look at last year's cast, there was maybe 50-50, right? Not, not all of them had great stories to tell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe they used to be a MasterChef judge. Um, the, the challenge moving forward is, is, is Dancing with the Stars with the Chris Brown change for Daryl, is that going to hit the heartland of the audience that is going to tune in or tune out? I think... I think- I don't think Daryl's the make or break anymore. I think he oh, no, was. I agree. But I think he brought audiences back, but I think he's now at that point where it was getting difficult to watch, wasn't it? Oh, mate, I, I've got a story that we can talk about off air about difficult to watch. Okay. Uh, well, Rob, 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 stay tuned for that. Sorry, everyone else. Uh, let's open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Guys. I am up to the last episode of Boy Swallows Universe on Netflix. Have loved this series. Yes. We're now facing the point where me, myself, my wife and my eldest daughter are trying to find a point where we can watch it together. Yes. And we don't want to watch it in bits. We want to do it all in one go. I have a question for everyone. Married at First Sight, I am only halfway through the first episode. Oh, Rob. Yep. Right? You got so like much happens, seven episodes so much to catch down, up on. And I love it. I, what I've seen so far, I genuinely love. It's got me in. But um, I've got a question. Do I just seriously try to find the time to catch up and just factor in that I'm going to be behind everyone else or do I chop and run and join now? You're in a really good position where, frankly, the, the meeting, like watching the couples couple up and get, Married. I know the weddings do bore me a bit, I'll be you honest. You can fast forward through big chunks gold. of that. Do not miss the receptions for every one of them because that's where the reality of that relationship starts to form, not in the wedding. So that cuts down the episodes. The challenge for you then is you have to what you have to watch all of the honeymoon eps because that's where relationships are building or falling apart. And then last night's episode was the first dinner party and holy shit, you have to watch. 
Okay, so basically I have to go and watch all the episodes. Fast forward the first three or four. Like you can fast forward through them. Just watch, you know, the the, the re- receptions. I've tried to watch it for years. Um, my best mate said, you've got to watch Lucinda. Um, she oh. is like a Chris Lilly character. Yes. That, that that's is a how point. he described her. Yeah. So from that, I've started watching the episodes and I can't work out whether I like her or not. But what a great way. There are some people who are going to be characters like yes. Lucinda and, and, and great to see Chris Lilly um, branching He's out getting some work. TV. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyway, Rob, back to you. What else are you watching, Rob? <laughs> oh, <clears throat> so I've been that's watching. one. <laughs> wow, that was, counts on Rob. Oh, yeah, now. fine, fine. That's that's fine actually. Um, <laughs> deal or no deal. So I've been watching this. I and? forgot how much I loved this show. Good format, what, working well. What I mean, it's half price though because if you got the right briefcase, you used to get five hundred. Now you get two fifty. But that's Channel Ten. That's okay. We understand that. Um, it used to be two hundred grand. Now it's one hundred grand. That's that's fun. We used to have all the girls up there. We don't have the girls anymore. Um, I, I love it. I, I think Grant, I don't Daniel, mind that. I don't mind it. Yeah, I, I love it. I, it takes I a lot love, of the leering. I adore out of it. this. Yeah, I, I'm not leering. How would I leer? Not you. I, I just meant generically. I am King Lear. No, no, not that one. Uh, Shakespeare reference. Anyway, um, that's for the SBS audience that's listening. Um, anyway, I adore I Deal think they or No left Deal. Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Grant Daniel. Goodness gracious me. Um, just a great host, able to connect with anyone and everyone. He holds that room. You know what? Also, I love seeing the graphics back. To 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 be in the room on the telly at that time of day to see those graphics. I love it. Deal or no deal, a big, big, big deal for me. It's not rating uh, that well, though. It's uh, Look, sh- as we've yes, talked about, I Rob, it is it. up against the toughest half hour of television. Oh, I love it. Business. I, no, no, I, I adore it. it. It's just he he holds it, the graphics hold it, everything. So it was love. I, I adore it. Um, oh, he was um, the perfect toast. Perfect guy no, to talk I, over no, I love no that question. Grant Denyer has embraced. I know that he was critical of it. I don't want to be a game show host. And I think the minute uh-huh, that he embraced it... He yeah. really lent in, and it's really paying off for him. Grant is an entertainer. Grant yeah. loves to work a crowd. And I and think that's, what, and that's what stuff like Deal or No Deal gives yeah. him. Game show hosting yeah. gets you to work a crowd, smile big, make sure you can pay for the plugs, and you're in business. And, and also work a crowd, but you also work a contestant. And I mean that yeah. in the nicest way. So if you can work a contestant, but also work the Get crowd, the best this out is of them, absolutely fantastic. I, I adore the show. I think it's fantastic. It's, it's obviously a smaller version of what we used to but we're 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 watching a show a couple of years later in the australian tv landscape so obviously it's going to be a little bit a little bit smaller i absolutely adore it yes rob go ahead just talking about working an audience i've had a bit of uh feedback people don't like the audience in tipping point um well are we still in the uk episodes aren't we or are we now in the australian episodes we could also episodes i think we'd be past the uk they only i don't know how many if they did 10 they're technically yeah. today, Tuesday, you know, recording, they're only up to having played out the one before the carols and now five, six, seven. Uh, so that's eight total. Yes, but the UK version doesn't have an audience, so it's interesting that they decided to have a, uh, an audience in the Australian version. I think because they're planning to have one for the Aussie version and they couldn't not, like... Yeah, yeah, sure. Continuity. But my point being that people uh when i've been on 2gb i've had callers in even my mum who was up here the other day Aww. um 
were, were, were saying to me, love Tipping Point, and it's hypnotic. I love Tipping Point. Oh. But the studio oh. audience, they reckon, spoils it. Yuck. Can I ask That's one more question? One. This is the thing. I love Gladiators. Is there really an audience there? No. No. It there was wasn't an audience of Gladiators. Okay, then stop members. for a minute. I'll tell you right now. I've got a couple of episodes here. I think gladiators, right? So you can't have a contestant or a gladiator with. You can't a bloody... have watched this in the last week, Robo. It hasn't been Robo, on. Robo. No, no, I've had a chance to talk it's about dead. it. No, no, It'll no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You can't have it, it, it's. It's so <laughs> bloody camp and so bloody, you know, it's literary got to play and wowzer. An That's the answer. Correct. Yeah. So to see them like with like uh, you know capes and everything, it, it's shot. Whoever made it had no idea they had no idea what it was so you either make it really camp or you don't you can't have the pyramid right with people like slamming each other down with capes or whatever it's it's rubbish also the fact the original um series was wonderful because you had that brilliant kind of yeah. stadium atmosphere we know was, this we know. is an awful we, show we know. okay sorry yeah, you know i get really know, upset Dal. about it yeah australia knows too and we know Dal. we 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 all expected so think? much we, yeah, I do think. It's stadium, um, it's fun. It's... And Australia looked on the first night, it did well, and then episode two, they were out of there because of the disappointment. Because so it's so lame. It was a bad production, it was badly done, and yes. the people involved, you should hang your heads in shame. Mark, what have you been watching? Um, I'm gonna, I will keep it tight with, with some ups and downs really quickly at the end of it. Oh. I the, the one that I want to talk, the two that I'll talk about, Nemesis. <gasps> the uh, I've got to catch up on this too. <gasps> well, the, conveniently, Rob, there's no spoilers because it's factual history. Um, yeah. The the conversations that we both went. Gasps, yeah, I'm, right? I'm desperate to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so really this is good. the documentary it's about really the good. Abbott Turnbull Morrison years in government, really and they've themed really each episode around a leader. First one was Abbott. Uh, this week's was about Turnbull. Next week's is about Morrison. And the end of each episode is how they get usurped. And then the next one is, ta-da, we've got a new leader. Um, it's been gobsmacking, not just because of the array of Liberal and National Party MPs, former and current, that are talking. It's what they're saying. Yeah. Shut this the The Turnbull episode... Now... Both Scott Morrison and, and Malcolm Turnbull were interviewed for this series. Tony Abbott refused to be interviewed for this the series. The first one in 30 years? The only Australian Prime Minister past or current Correct. Correct. To, be, to refuse to be interviewed by the ABC. Just fucking outrageous. The gall of that man. Um, Turnbull... Well, he doesn't have to. He's not in public life anymore. Neither uh, is Malcolm Turnbull. No, but people go on that show to, to share their own narrative, right? Sure. Um, and you get to, no... But you get to add and to that should, and control yeah. it Correct. if you're Correct. in it. I, I think it's a bad idea for Tony Abbott not to do it. But oh, yeah. I'll, I'll also, he obviously doesn't have to, and he no. hates the ABC. He I think very that's much been does. proven time and time again. And Peter Credlin said in the to the Australian that the reason she didn't go in it is because they would have skewed everything she said and, you know, they'll make oh, Malcolm Turnbull to look great. To the ABC's credit, there were as many supporters as detractors of Tony Abbott. Yeah, but that's... As, as in the stuff that was said, you could have cut the minutes. I would have said yeah. it was all but even to the second. Oh, I'm sure they, they did that, Mark. Um, and well done. The thing that absolutely stood out for me last night is at different times through the episode, they asked different MPs and senators one word for Scott Morrison. 
One word for Scott Morrison. And the final word was given to Malcolm Turnbull. What's your one word to describe Scott Morrison? Duplicitous. Yeah. Oh, and the way he just, yeah. he, he just almost just politely yeah. spat yeah. it out of his mouth. It was so good. And it's really great to have them be able to ask Scott Morrison questions or read to him stuff that Turnbull had said about him and have Scott Morrison go, well, that's not how I recall it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, it's, oh. It's, uh, the first two episodes are on ABC iView. The third one is this coming Monday night, 8 o'clock. Do not miss a minute. They're fucking amazing. It is brilliant, Mark. And as you said, um, so Mark Willisy was one of the people who was a producer yes. on Nemesis, and he's written an analysis uh, article on ABC News. Yes. And he talks precisely about what you're saying, where he said there was sometimes where there would be long and exhausting interviews, and he would mm. he would keep this question, which I I, I think this is masterclass. So Adore this question at the end. Well, one you know one answer. One word. What do you think? One word. What do you think? Uh, it was. Fantastic! If you look it up, it's it's brilliant um, on the ABC. Yeah, but the problem uh, is by the app. time by the time you've asked uh, a few people that they'll they all talk and so they all know it's coming. Yeah, and they might do, question. Rob. But the brilliant thing is that the 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 directness or the frankness of their answers, even if they oh, did know it was coming. No, no, no not a criticism. God not a smacking. criticism at all. The other What's thing your second that, one? The other well, the other thing that amazes me is, is just how many Liberal members can't count. One word to describe Scott Morrison. Oh, I know, I know, and they I know, give I know. you two word well, statements. Like, I think that he people. is fantastic and wonderful. Yeah, and shut brilliant. up. Yeah, yeah. Erica Betts <laughs> needs to be fired into the sun. That man's an idiot. Yeah, um, he is. Now, the other, the other show I want to talk about, I have to give full credit to one of the members, past or present, of this podcast for putting me onto it. Lessons in chemistry. That yes, Bobby. that was me. You yeah. mentioned it last week, and I thought, I'll have to go and check this out. Rob Rob sealed the deal. He went, oh, it's really good. We've really enjoyed it. Others had said, hey, Mark, I haven't, oh, I haven't got around to it. I devoured this series. Eight Thank episodes, you. limited. It's a <laughs> one-off. They're about 40 to 52 minutes an ep. Brie Larson is just mesmerizing. Tell me about it, just baby. Just so good. And the writing. Now, the thing that I loved, created by and executive produced by a guy called Lee Eisenberg, who's also responsible for that Prime Video series uh, called Jury Duty. It was on just last year. Remember I the love guy that, that was. I did love Everyone that. around I him is an actor. Love that. Everyone around. So it. Lee Eisenberg yep. responsible for that. Also, Lee Eisenberg, one of the writers of the U.S. Office. Yeah. Like. Huh. The threads that connect in the stuff that Lee Eisenberg has done, brilliant. Now, he's obviously found source material and created it for television and has mm -hmm. delivered a phenomenal series. The thing that I thought that was particularly lovely, Bo Bridges, very gentle in his performance, lovely oh, in the way that him. he was included. I love him. Yep, I yep. love that there was an entire episode. No. No, 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 no. Uh -oh. That's a spoiler. Uh-oh. No, oh. you can't mention that. Absolutely I love that there not. were episodes that brought oh. different perspectives. Hey. Yes. yes, there you go. And, and how they how they delivered that um, was just really smart yeah. and added to the gentility of the story. I have, in all my reviews, in all the lands, I have avoided talking about that episode because when you watch that episode, you go, what? And then you take that ride and you can't spoil it. Oh, you just the can't. turns and oh, the, the, the narrative, like the plot turns that happen in the last 20 minutes of episode seven and all of episode eight 
oh, crushed me. Yeah, like absolutely. glorious, and re- yeah. then rebuilt my tearful heart, brick oh. by brick. It was so delightful. That's lessons in chemistry. That is available only on Apple TV Plus. Independent, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso and a whole bunch of other great shows that are there, Lessons in Chemistry worth the price of admission alone for a month. So it's an up or a down? Mulk. Big, huge, like throbbing uh, say it, mulk. Say it, say Give it. Us your, bring, us home, bring us home with your ups and downs. Uh, um, total Control is racing towards huge <laughs> up mulk. Final oh, yeah, season, yeah, huge up mulk. I'm giving a slight up mulk to maths because it's horrendous, but I still cannot turn away from every episode. Um Australian Survivor on ten should get a real. It should get an upmoke. It's doing incredible stuff. The casting has been phenomenal. Upmoke for Australian Survivor on ten, uh, and even Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares US season eight currently airing on seven gets an upmoke. That's my that's my dirty little secret. Oh, I love that show I so much, it. and it's so good to have it back. Brilliant. How they well, find get- people for the eighth season that run their own <laughs> restaurants that are that stupid to then have Gordon Ramsay come in and tell them how to fix it and then ignore him <laughs> is beyond me. All right. Well, thank you very much, Malk and Robbo, for another edition of TV Black Box. Uh, don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. We will see you next week. Goodbye for now. Lessons in Chemistry. 